When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn, Veterans Day edition of Ball Don't Lie. So happy Veterans Day and uh, thank you to each and every one of the veterans out there. Uh, can never say that enough uh, and hope today you do feel uh, appreciated. Uh, also a 512 Friday uh, right here on Ball Don't Lie. We play jams from local bands and artists that you can hear right here in the ATX. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is Magna Carta. They are going to be playing uh, tomorrow at Central Machine Works. There you go. All right. And um, if you miss any of the uh, 512 Friday suggestions by my man Patrick, you can always go to hornfm.com, right? Yes, sir. And go we got the out. songs up there where we played, where they're going to be playing all that in Beautiful. the bug. Nice. Uh, all right. We'll uh, get back to Texas football, of course. We'll do that. Top of the 5 o'clock, Rod's around the day. That's going to be about Texas football. So trust me, we got you covered. We're going behind the burnt orange curtain, deep, deep, deep behind the burnt orange curtain in the 5 o'clock. What you got coming up for the people on Harch Knock Life, Harch? I'm going to talk a little bit about this game as well and some of the things that I see that might be a part of the success or the non-success for the University of Texas. There you go. All right, so lots of Texas TCU discussion coming up about those horn frogs. Um, okay, let's get to the Cowboys Packers preview. I saw this story. This is a quote from, I think, Jory Epstein is the one, so I want to make sure I give her credit. Jory Epstein. That's where I got it, yes. Um, and she was asking Michael Parsons about Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers struggles so far this season. And, yes, Aaron Rodgers ha- is having one of his worst seasons as a professional quarterback, period. Um, and the Cowboys are looking to take advantage of that. They're on the road at Lambeau, five-point favorite on the road at Lambeau. That's just rare. And Cowboys fans, most of them, a little paranoid, a little anxious because uh, they just expect something bad to happen. All right? They are cautiously uh, – pessimistic, if you will, (laughs) about this game uh, going to Green Bay, even though the Cowboys are a much better team. But here's what Michael Parsons had to say when (laughs) he was asked about going up against uh, Aaron Rodgers, even with Aaron Rodgers being uh, struggling a little bit and being a little down. He says, quote, my grandmother told me if you see a roach and it's fooling around, do you step on it or bury it or do you let it rebuild and get back to life? You step on it. I live life with no remorse. You can't have no remorse in this game or it turns up to bite you. Mm. So he said, uh, basically, yeah, comparing the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers to a roach. You got to <laughs> smash that roach, man. You can't let it live. You know, every now and then you'll keep popping back up on you. Well, especially if it's a cockroach. I explained yeah. to my wife, who's from the Pacific Northwest, what a cockroach was. I said, oh, different than a roach. Oh, a cockroach is different than a roach. A cockroach is tough. A cockroach can avoid. Actually, when you stump on a cockroach, that ain't going to kill it. 
Yeah. And that's what Michael's talking about. He's talking about a cockroach. You saw about it one time. I was like, oh, man, I killed that thing. And he would turn around and look, gone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Go, like, what happened You're like, to I got to go get this paper towel and get it picked. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's not it's there. Gone. What? What <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. That ain't just no regular roach. No, it's a cockroach. <laughs> I think that's what he said that Aaron Rodgers, oh, no, he's a cockroach, man. You got to make sure that <laughs> that dude is dead. You got to stump on it a couple of times and then, boom, ball it up in a napkin, stump it again a couple of times just to make sure. Yes, sir. That's what he's got to do. Leave no doubt. Yeah. I believe it's the, the uh, lesson his grandmother Leave told him. Leave no doubt. Leave no doubt, man. That's that's right. That's what he's talking about. So he did essentially compare Aaron Rodgers to a roach, a cockroach. Mm, yeah, there you go. Well, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is that guy, and we were talking about it too. When's the last time he was 0-5? I mean, lost oh. five in a row. He's up against it. They're in that corner. He's not going to just go there and, and take it. He's going to go out there and fight, and I'm sure that he's got mm-hmm. his team – in the same position. So Michael, Michael's right. I mean, he, you got to be careful who you're messing with because you know what he's capable of. Exactly. He is the two-time uh, MVP. He won it back-to-back years, if I'm not mistaken. I agree. Yeah, so he, he I know he doesn't have Devontae Adams over there. Mm-hmm. And Aaron, I just saw Aaron Jones is not on the injury report as of today. Yeah. So that means that he's good to go. So things seem to be trending in the right direction. And it's a nationally televised prime game, baby. It is. That yeah. was, which is good for Mike because Micah shows up in big oh, games. Yeah. He's a big game guy. Uh, but I do. I love his comparison about the cockroach because, yeah, man, you got to make sure that thing is dead. So the Cowboys, maybe the Cowboys are going to be the one to kind of put the Packers out of their misery. Maybe some people believe the Packers can still turn it around because it's still, you know, you still got a lot of season left and you do have Aaron Rodgers. You do have one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. He's just playing really badly. I mean, he has – how about this? I'll give you some stats. Next Next three one. games. Next three games. Cowboys, Titans on a Thursday, and then the Eagles. Yeah, and think this will this will <laughs> determine everything. Like yep, if they yep. if they are truly done, this is a stretch that'll put them out of their misery. Yep. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers, he's got to turn it around, right? It's got to be him because they don't really have the pieces in my opinion, uh, personnel-wise, to compete with some of the other rosters, top rosters in the NFL. They just got Aaron freaking Rodgers. That's why they paid him, what, 50 whatever yep. million dollars. Mm-hmm. His passer rating has dropped twenty, almost 22 points since the last season. Touchdown-interception ratio uh, from 9.2 to 1. So he was throwing nine touchdowns to every one interception. Uh, now he's had two touchdowns for every one interception. And he hasn't had a 300-yard passing game since last December. What? Since last December. Oh, wow. So Do you he, remember? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, man, don't. Like I said, he's been struggling against everybody. Don't let this be the game where, you know, Aaron Cockroach Rodgers, all right, mm-hmm. comes out and has just a phenomenal game. And this is the thing that breathes life back into the Packers. Don't let it happen. Yeah. Um, so, that, man, I, that's wild. Yeah. When you think about it, that is wild. So, I'm saying it's. it's he, he's it's uncanny because of yeah, who he is. We haven't seen him struggle like this in a really long time. We haven't. Jeez. So, like I said, his his cockroach <laughs> comparison is appropriate. The worst thing about a cockroach, though, is when you get a cockroach and they on the wall. Oh. Because cockroaches can fly. 
I don't think regular roaches are strong enough to fly, but a cockroach can fly. They're like, they, and I don't know if they fly, but they like float on the air. But they, they attack you with vigor? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're using their, their skill yeah, of flight to come like, like, you. All right, we've got him cornered. All we got to do is, oh, crap, he's flying. <laughs> exactly. And a cockroach, at times, you would think, a, uh, it's how you know if it's a cockroach or not, honestly. If you, if, you, if, you, if you confront that roach and it doesn't turn the other way and run, yeah. That's a cockroach. Because cockroaches ain't scared. Yeah. Right. When, they, when, at, when like, you turn on the lights and it doesn't even you. put out its cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a cockroach. What was that? Was that Joe's apartment? What, what movie was that? that Joe's apartment or something? What is like a crazy? What is a movie back in the day where it's like a roaches were talking? Do you remember I this? I think so. Uh, I think that. Yeah. Back in that's like an MTV movie or something random. All right. Uh, so says Houston. <laughs> so says Houston's are the biggest. I know. I grew up there. Yeah. Yo, Houston's yeah. cockroaches. My wife didn't they know. They built different. They are. They, they built different. They, they come from a concrete jungle, man. They <laughs> <laughs> roaches in H town. Like I said, they will. Con- I have. I've confronted a roach in H town, and that roach has come toward me. Yeah. I took a step toward it, and it came toward me. I'm like, like are you ready? Are you, you ready? Oh, you want some? Oh, of this? you want some? Of this? Yeah. Like, oh, is that oh. roach wearing colors? <laughs> Did he say sitting sideways when he came walking? Yeah. Doing yeah. the little, doing the south side. Yeah, doing the south hey, side. Hey, them H town roaches are something else. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, getting back to it. Um, okay, so I was concerned about this though a little bit. The, the the rushing defense of the Cowboys is concerning, right? It's the 24th yes. ranked rush defense in the league. And in the last five games, all right, you go look. Well, you go look at the Cowboys in the games where there's some teams that have been able to run the ball against the Cowboys. I want to go through all the games, but we know Chicago ran the ball against the Cowboys. I was shocked to see that Tampa Bay actually was able to run the ball against the Cowboys early on in the season. Right, but that was really early on. That was the first game. That was the first game. Yeah. Um, but the Cowboys have been vulnerable to the run all year long. Uh, I think for the Cowboys, honestly, the truth is. If they can stop the run consistently, and there's no guarantee they can do it, because Aaron Jones, he had 143 yards rushing versus Buffalo. Buffalo's a damn good defense. Yes. We know that's a top five oh, that's a, oh, yeah. That's top five D, right? So if and that's can, when they were healthy. Exactly. Yeah. If he can go for 143 versus Buffalo, and I know they still you know lost the game, so, but that means he can he, he may be able to run the ball effectively against the Cowboys. So that would be my only concern. I'm I'm really confident the Cowboys are going to win this game. Probably right. overconfident. Probably overconfident. But if you know the only thing that concerns me just a little is whether the Cowboys' rush defense travels. Because their pass defense will be fine Fair. just because they're not going up against. They're going up against Aaron Rodgers, yep. but the a wide receiving core is banged up. They're going to be missing uh, one, maybe even a couple of guys in the wide receiving core. But even when they're healthy, Hards, they're not really any lethal threat No, without Devontae and, Adams. And the, and the secondary for the Dallas Cowboys is probably one of their better groups, their mm-hmm. better cores. Um, they have some depth there. And they're taking away a lot of the people that uh, that think – that they're going to be okay at the wide receiver position. Because if you go back and look at some of the games that the Cowboys have played already, they've locked down different wide receivers to the point where it got frustrating. Yeah, you're right. It got frustrating. So, And then bring to the fact that you don't have any that are capable of going. This is go- if, if they were to win the game, the Packers, this would probably be one of Aaron Rodgers' Best games that he's ever played, and it'd have to be up against the best pass rush, exactly. the top three pass rush in the Correct. league, right? And you Correct. have and one of the best secondaries in the league. Exactly. The Cowboys, Cowboys, right now are 
fifth in passing yards allowed per game, third in passing touchdowns allowed, 13th in interceptions per game. They're one of the better secondaries. That's why I think, but actually, you know, Green Bay's secondary is pretty good, too. Yes, they are. Z- Zaire Ag- yeah. Alexander, he's the, dope. Yeah, they're second yeah. in passing yards allowed. Um, they're eighth in passing touchdowns allowed. They're only 23rd in interceptions, but they've had actually 1.3 interceptions per game in the last three games, which would put them in the top three. Mm-hmm. So the secondary is good. Both of these secondaries are good. Um, the Green Bay pass rush, though, had a huge loss, man. Rashawn Gary, their leading sacker, yes. is out for the season, guys. He's done. ACL. Yeah, so he is out now. There are only eleven sacks on the roster right now. That I mean, that mm-hmm. you know, what I mean, in terms of guys who got sacks, so that's going to hurt them a ton. And to me, I think because you got two pat, two good pass defenses, and you got a really good pass rush for the Cowboys. Yeah. The Packers are going to try to stay away from passing. And not, not obviously they're going to throw the football, right. but I believe they'd like to lead with the run game. Everybody's been doing that against the Cowboys. Just you don't want to, you do not want to be one dimensional throwing against the Cowboys with that pass rush. No, not at all. That is a fool's errand. That's just not a way to do it. And you already know. You just talked about Micah and how he's thinking, and you talked about how he shows up on these types of games. Big game guy. You do not want him to be the one coming off the edge because he knows that you're going to have to throw the ball the entire time. Exactly. And, yeah. and the Green Bay Green Bay's second in the NFL in drops right now shows you some of the frustration. Yeah. Uh, he has He's screaming on the field. Oh, have you heard this report too about um, Aaron Rodgers' teammates? Oh, guys, let me read this to you because I got it from okay Jeremy Fowler, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler. So that's a great somewhat source. reputable. Yeah, yep, you go. Yep, yep. He claims I'll just read it verbatim. The finger pointing in Green Bay began long before the Packers dropped to three and six on the season, and it seems some of those shouldering the blame aren't particularly pleased with a certain quarterback. A report Wednesday from ESPN's Jeremy Fowler indicates there appears to be growing discord within Green Bay, stemming from the notion that some of the young wide receivers uh, have been painted as scapegoats for the team's mm-hmm. struggles. Though Aaron Rodgers famously called out the receiving core in the offseason, it isn't sitting well with some, given the league's reigning MVP was absent during OTAs. Yeah. Hello, didn't I say that earlier? Yeah, you did, Rogers, <laughs> and you're a quarterback, so you know. Uh-huh. Rogers threw three interceptions in Sunday's contest against the Detroit Lions, two of which were in the end zone so far this season. He's thrown 14 touchdowns against seven interceptions. As the losses have continued to pile up, Rogers hasn't minced words about mistake-prone performances of his teammates, suggesting they even be benched. Got quote, guys who are making too many mistakes shouldn't be playing, he said on the Pat McAfee show. Gotta start cutting some reps. Maybe guys who aren't playing, maybe give them a chance. End quote. So teammates might be upset that Aaron Rodgers keeps pointing fingers. And it's yeah. like, hey man, you're making a fifty million dollars. Yeah. All right. Like <laughs> you threw you, three red zone it interceptions right. that weren't our fault. Yeah. Yeah. So don't give me that. And let's not forget. This is the same guy that could have ran in two touchdowns in the championship game and didn't, and Tom Brady got a chance to go to the Super Bowl because he had a lane I remember and that. did not run the ball in there. You know, some guys want to throw, some guys want to run, some guys want to win. You should have been the guy that wanted to win and go and attack the goal line. So I'm tired of Aaron Rodgers because he never takes responsibility for anything that he does. Because he is the one that is supposed to be the leader. Uh, you know what? I don't have to go to camp. Even though you know your, you don't know your wide receivers. Y'all do not have you're not say. flying them out to no go chemistry. hang out with you yeah. while you're on vacation. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady will do that. Patrick will. Mahomes will do it. 
But Tom Brady's in a similar situation, too. Remember, he took a lot of time off, took Wednesdays off, took some time off doing camp, went to a wedding. Tom Brady did illegal practices when he first got there. I know, but my point is, (laughs) Tom Brady is also getting criticized for getting after his teammates and scapegoating guys and pointing fingers at guys. And I don't think Tom Brady is extreme as Aaron Rodgers. Uh, But it's also, I think, a part of it is you you weren't here sacrificing with us the entire time. So you probably need to... You know, t- t- kind of curtail, breaks. curtail the criticism. Yeah. All right, or at least look your you look yourself in the mirror before you start criticizing others. Because if you were there, like you said, Aaron Rodgers with his team the whole time, he probably would have better chemistry with the wide receivers. But he wasn't. Yeah, he was doing other things, and so yeah. was Tom Brady. They're they're, they're superstars, they're celebrities now, so they don't always want to put in that work. But hey, man. I think now we're starting to see yeah. there, there's a reason. Frustration yeah, is starting to yeah, bubble up. Exactly, right? There's a reason that, yeah, you have to have those OTAs and mm-hmm. you have to have the mini camps and training camps is because it does help you lead into the season, kind of start off on the right foot. And right now they are not. They're on the wrong Not foot. even close. Yeah, they're not. on the wrong foot. But I'm going to tell you what somebody needs to do. They need <laughs> to go crack open a beer because Allstat beer is my beer of choice. Allstat is born right here in Fredericksburg, right in the heart of the Texas Hill Country. They have a beautiful state-of-the-art brewery that you need to go out there and check out for yourself. The brewery prides itself on award-winning German-style beers. The Great American Beer Festival just awarded Allstadt Lager a gold for the second time. Make sure you go and get some of that. Pick it up on your way home and enjoy yourself. But if you are headed out to Fredericksburg, you can enjoy that fine dining restaurant. They also have a tap room where you could try more flavors. You could plan a tour today and see it for yourself. Great beer with great food and take some great friends. All stat beer, no impurities, no regrets. Uh, all right, the Cowboys uh, taking on the Packers this weekend. <clears throat> We've talked about actually another quick nugget. Uh, Eric Stokes, a cornerback of theirs, also may not be available uh, for the Packers. So they're really, really banged up, and the Cowboys are coming off of a bye week, something to consider, too. They'll probably be as fresh if they've been a long, long time. So we'll see. I, I, right now i got the Cowboys, and I'm pretty confident in the Cowboys' yeah. chances on the road versus the you, Packers. You got them covering? It's five points, right? Yeah. Not necessarily. Okay. You just Not, got them winning, you got got them winning with the game. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily have them covering. That's a different discussion altogether. Aren't you hosting a party this weekend? We are hosting the Cowboys' party. Cowboys worst, Cowboys worst party at the um, – it's going to be right there at Cedar Park. It's going to be at uh, – The crossover. A crossover at yeah. – I don't know if it's Cedar Park or Leander. I think it's right in between. Yep. But either way, it's going to be 183A in Scottsdale. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and it's a, it's a nice spot. I've been there like once or twice for a remote. Yeah. Um, but you actually know it better than I do. Yeah, I'm going to be up in there too. Right? Right. If this weather <laughs> stay out. like this, your boy coming to see y'all. Uh, yeah, so E. Hogan <laughs> and myself will be out there at the crossover this weekend for the Cowboys game. Thanks for reminding me about yep. that. No problem. All right, let's get to some uh, Texans discussion just really quick before uh, we got to get to Harsh Knock Life because – I know the Texans aren't really a huge topic <laughs> of discussion, so we don't dominate the uh, uh, the segment with it. But to take on the Giants this weekend, um, the Giants, I, I, no doubt the Giants are going to win this game. But uh, the one thing to watch really for the Texans, I don't think the only thing they have to watch really, Brandon Cooks is coming back. Mm-hmm. That'll give them at least some other element, some dim- other dimension to the offense. Uh, but they actually had some young guys step up versus the Eagles when Brandon Cooks uh, wasn't available. But Damian Pierce is the star for them right now. He's it. Uh, he is the offense. He's their offensive identity. The rookie leading all rookies in uh, rush yards. Uh, he's leading all rookies in uh, scrimmage yards, I believe, too. Leading all rookies in rush yards after contact. Leading all rookies in rushing first downs. And forced missed tackles. 
he right now he's in discussion for rookie of the year. Oh yeah, offensive rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's uh, putting up some great numbers. Some great numbers, man. So he's uh, right now he's the he's the bell cow, and he's the highlight for any Texans fan out there. They still probably going to lose this game, especially because Saquon Barkley is a man amongst boys. <laughs> so it'll be it'll be actually you may have a matchup of. Yeah, because he's a sixth, I think, in rushing right now. Yep. So it'll be two. I think Saquon Barkley's probably top five as well. So you have two top six ranked rushers in the NFL going at it. So the game will go by fast, but the Texans' rush defense is one of the worst in the NFL, yeah. if not the worst. It's so. gonna be you're gonna be up against it for sure. Yeah, you're gonna be. Yeah, you're yeah. fighting up your battle there. But but is this an opportunity for you to <laughs> knock off a team like? The the uh, Giants that may be coming in riding a little high, feeling good about themselves, and you know the Texans are still trying to be in that fight. They're trying to fight the good fight. They Did got they some lose players. last week? They, yeah. they lost to the Seahawks, right? Seahawks, it's yeah. a good team. Um, yeah. yeah, so I don't. I wish they had won last week. I think you have a better chance. Did <laughs> they be floating on Underneath the high? The radar, I think yeah. after losing, yeah. they're probably a little upset because if I'm not mistaken, it's probably. Is that a close game where they see how to win yeah, that it was game? A close game. Close game. Yeah. So uh, yeah, they're probably thinking they probably lost that game more than Seattle won the game, even though you probably could argue both sides. So they'll they're gonna be motivated. Even because yeah. I heard um I heard the coach just uh, earlier this week, he said um that we gotta be focused because the Texans are a really good team. And I thought, what? Did he say they're a really good team? They are. Yeah. You look at you look but, at them. They're pretty they, tight. I think what he meant was they're always in the game in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I think that's what Brian Dabble was talking about. He's like, no, they're going to be in the game in the fourth quarter because they yep. always are. Yep. You pull away from the Texans because they don't have enough personnel. They don't have enough depth to be able to finish anybody off. No. Yep. Uh, man, think about that. That's how we knew the Colts were bad. We should have known the Colts were going to be really bad when they tied the Texans. <laughs> See, we should have we should have known right then. And like, that was Lovey's fault because he was playing for the tie. He was. He, he could have won the game. He was that would have even gave us oh. more uh, ammo to know, yeah, this is going to be a bad year for the Colts. He was playing for a tie. He was playing for the tie. He, he had bragged about yeah. it. And the postgame was like, I thought it was the right move. We're like, no, Lovey, it's not the right move. We're either taking or we're at least trying to get the dub. You want to get in between? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. That's crazy. That, that dude is no good for the Texans. You hurt them in more ways than one. You should have said, listen, we're going to go for it. If we win, great. Then that's for the culture. If we lose, yeah, we're tanking. for the culture. So yeah. But he just wanted to tie. Tie does nothing. Nothing for the culture. Nothing. nothing for your prospects in the drive. Nothing. And Lovey bragged about it. It's like playing cards with your sister's kids. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Yeah, right, nothing. All that money you win, you got to give it back. Give it right back. Oh, man. Be I, a good uncle. <laughs> what you got for the people coming up on Hearts? I'm going to talk, I'm gonna talk about the games that are going to be happening this weekend, but most importantly, I'm going to talk about the Texas Longhorns and the TCU Horn Frogs. Oh, bad move. Texas said Giants were on a bye last week. Played Seattle the week before that. Yeah, so oh, that's where man. it was. Yeah. They don't get bludgeoned, man. <laughs> that's even worse. That's even oh, worse. That's, that's, that's not going to be good. So you saying we got a chance? Nope. No. Not at all. This may be the game where they're not actually in the game in the fourth quarter. It possibly could happen for the Texans. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how they go. Uh, they're not. I mean, the NS, NFC East is 9 and 1 versus the AFC this season. So Just saying. Yeah, not yeah that's good. how we do. Uh, all right, we come back. Harsh Knock Life talking about Texas TCU. Only the side right here on ball don't lie one of four down the horn ladies and gentlemen guys and dolls the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure mike you have to be so combative now i probably wouldn't say this in front of white folk but in front of your own speak my man he has emotional anger issue problem hey are you dirty mike and the boys i'm mike lowry michael oh that's funny michael 
Welcome back to a 512 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie. Special shout out to all the veterans that are out there. Thank you so much for your service and your time. We know that sometimes everybody can kind of get caught up in their own situations, but we are thankful for all of you and all that you have done. As a kid that grew up in a military household, my grandfather served in the military, my wife's grandfather was in the military, and I have brother. my brother-in-law was in the military, so I do appreciate every single one of you. Continue to support them as well. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at HardballHard. You can follow my man Rob Babers at Rob Babers. And of course, the man who's in charge of 512 Fridays and been getting a lot of love for always looking out for the local artists. It's my man at It's Patrick Davis. We love it when you're a part of the show as well on the Specs text line 512-337-3776. Now tomorrow we'll be at Bevo Boulevard starting at 2.30 kicking off our pregame show and we'll get a lot into the matchup and what we think. Um, me, myself, Rob Babers, and of course, E. Hogan will be there holding it down. So come on by. I know everybody's going to be excited for college game day. They made the announcement that Jordan Spieth is going to be the guest picker, which is outstanding because the last time they were here, they had Scotty Scheffler as the guest picker. So we're going to keep the golf thing going on around here. So it's going to be all kinds of fun. But when you sit back and you're thinking about this game and I know there's a lot that goes into the thought processes of how you see the game and what what are your views. My man Rob Babers is going to break it all down to you in the 530 in the uh, uh, Rod's rant of the day where he's going to dive into those numbers. I'm going to give you what I see from my eyes and what has been going on with some of these things. One of the biggest things that I've had a problem with this year is the big game hunting, so to speak. Um, they're still trying to find a way to connect down the field. And when they do, it's going to be a beautiful thing, and we're all going to be excited. We are all looking for that moment where they can connect. The one of the one big throw that they did connect on this year was the down the sideline, X-Men against Alabama, and that's when we thought we were going to be off and running. It was like, okay, here we go. They haven't made that connection just yet. And – I know it's frustrating for the fans. It's frustrating for me because there's also other plays that need to take place as well. I still believe that we are underutilizing Jordan Whittington. If you go back and you pay attention to the games, he's doing a great job of blocking. And if that's what he's going to be, okay, so be it. But we need to find a way to feature him. His best game last year was against TCU. He had an unbelievable game at TCU. Going across the middle, making big plays, and he was wide open. And if you go back and look at a lot of the games, he's wide open in a lot of the games as well. We're just missing those opportunities. And I still believe, and and I know we talked about this a little while ago, that there is something about the way that Quinn Ewers throws the ball. Do I believe Quinn Ewers is the franchise quarterback? Absolutely. Do I think that he's missing some things and he's got to clean up some of his fundamental work? Absolutely. Does he know that? 100%. 100% he's working on that. But there are some things, too, when you look at the numbers, and Rod told you a little while ago, since the Oklahoma game, he was at 50% passing. That's not good for a starting quarterback in the Big 12 when we know numbers are being put up every single weekend in the Big 12 by the quarterbacks. And you look at the tail of the tape, and we'll go through this a little bit. Quinn Ewers, 57.8. Max Duggan, 66%. 
Max Duggan, 161 attempts. I mean, completions at 244 attempts, 24 touchdowns, two interceptions. One of them was a Hail Mary, we found out. Uh, 2,400 yards passing, and he's averaging 267.4 yards per game. Now, here's the cool part about it. Quinn Ewers, although he's missed a lot of time and he finally is getting a chance to play four quarters in a ball game, 57.8%, 100 completions, and 173 attempts, 13 touchdowns, five INTs, and 1,300 yards, and he's averaging 200 in 22 yards per game. But the difference is, and this is kind of funny to me when you look at the numbers, and again, I'm just giving you tail of the tape a little bit. Bijan Robinson, 192 carries, 1,129 yards, 5.4, I mean 5.9 yards per carry, 12 TDs. Kendra Miller, 153 carries, 100, I mean, excuse me, 1,000 yards, 6.6 carry uh, yards per carry, 12 TDs as well on the ground. Four straight 100-yard games. Bijan, seven straight 100-yard games. We're going to have, a, I think, a ground-and-pound game for both of these teams. We know that Texas's run defense is a lot better than, than most, but I have a feeling that they're going to find a way to get Keandre Miller in space on the line of scrimmage because he is that type of explosive player. But the difference is... He's not that big of a, a factor in the receiving game for them. They use no. they use Davis, mm-hmm. uh, 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 Darius Davis, more in the receiving part mm-hmm. of it than they do anybody else. Where Texas, Bijan has 19 receptions, 314 yards, and 12 touchdowns to Miller's 10 receptions to 79 yards, and that's a huge. Huge disparity when you're looking at how Max Duggan has gotten to where he is with the 24 touchdown passes. And you look at the wide receiver position. Quentin Johnston, who we've been waiting to see, and it looks like he is going to be able to play from what everybody's been talking about. They believe he's going to be able to play. He's got 42 receptions, 650 yards, mm-hmm. but he only has four touchdowns. Yeah, The big passing touchdowns go to Darius Davis. Darius Davis. Yeah, he's the touchdown guy. And, and my man Tay Barber's only mm-hmm. got three of them. So there's going to be a huge battle that is going to take place this week uh, uh, on the X's and the O's and who's going to be able to handle it because it always goes back to the Jimmys and the Joes. But one more thing before we switch it over. Texas is scoring def- defense ranks 37th in the country. TCU's is 74th. That is why we believe, and that's why the number that that everybody keeps looking at, the seven-and-a-half-point spread, I think that is why Vegas is looking at it. I think a lot of the Texas money was looking at it, and they were drinking the Kool-Aid. You know, we were talking about before about how you're going to drink the Kool-Aid. They're scoring offense for TCU, though. They average 43 points a game. On the season, Texas, 36. They rank 23rd. TCU ranks 4th. Mm. With uh, number one is Ohio State. Number two is Tennessee. We've seen them put up points. And number three is tied with uh, TCU is Oregon. Teams that have been making big plays and scoring a lot of points. But going back to where I think the biggest factor is going to be, I still believe that there needs to be a game plan around hmm. Jay Witt. Yeah. I still believe that. I think we're missing a ton of opportunities 
with him, with his type of ability, and the fact that my man has been healthy all year. He's worked himself into this situation, Mm -hmm. and I think he's being underutilized. He'll never say that. He's third on the team in receptions with 31. He got his first touchdown a couple weeks ago at home. JT Sanders is the number two receiver, and X-Man is the number one receiver, obviously, with nine touchdowns and 40 receptions. But the biggest problem is – with Jay Witt, we've been talking all season. Who's going to be that third receiver? Who's going to be that third receiver? He's right there. Mm. He's right there for you. I just don't understand where the chemistry situation, maybe it's the scheme, maybe it's the play calling, or maybe it's because of what we saw before where uh, Quinn, yours, I only have eyes <laughs> for number eight. You know what I'm saying? I mean, is it, it you got to try receiver to figure out. JT Sanders. Yeah. I think they, he's, he's the third receiver. You're not going to see a third receiver. No, and do you think he's the third receiver. Do you think yeah. there's some of it that, you know, with a quarterback like Quinn who doesn't see many passes, he doesn't think he can make, he doesn't normally get that far in progressions, that if because Whittington that is the third progression, he's like, yeah. And, and so now if you look at other guys like Casey before him, was getting to the third progression. He's like, I can't make that throw. I can't make that throw. Whittington's open over the middle. Hit it. Right. But, but for Quinn. Guys, but for guys double teamed, you should come off of that throw. No, no, you like, should. Like, Oklahoma yeah. State. Hey, you, so, you, so I don't give a damn how good your arm is. If he's double teamed, he has guys not open. So the that would be a dictate. flaw in his mental process. Yes. Right. Like, so you don't think a double. So you think your arm is so good that you can throw through a double team? But if he says, all right, my, my, one, is, <laughs> my one is Xavier. My two is JT Sanders. My three is Whittington. How often does he get to three? But I'm saying Oklahoma State game where they were telling you, you're not going to X-Men. We're going exactly. to double. I agree. He sold to him 17 times. He was doubled 14 of the 17. Yes. My point is then, why are you still going there? I, the, the, the progression should go naturally unless you are like an ignoramus at quarterback, which he's not. Okay, uh, the progression, he's not open. Two guys on one guy yeah. means I'm not. he's not open. Like, right. That's yeah. just football. Right. So I, I, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying like that's that would make him not a smart football player. I'm not going to go there. No, <laughs> but, uh, but if, he, if he can't read it, that means he can't read a defense, and we can't we can't say that now. No, we can't say that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but 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 again, there is a way that you go to the sideline and somebody comes to you and say, "Hey, man, I know what you thought you saw, and I know you believe that, but I need you to check this one down. If we call this play again, look for the crossing route because your guy." is wide open. And there's some times you got to take a chance. There were some times, and you talk about it all the time, Rob, they get antsy with the big play. They mm-hmm. want that big game hunt down the field. It's like the, we were at uh, Lavaca Street the other day. There was a game buck hunter over there. They kept shooting at that thing, but they kept missing. They couldn't get it. They kept shooting the wrong animal yeah. on buck hunt. I need you to be focused enough to say, all right, guys, this is the game plan that we're going to go. Because I guarantee you TCE sees it too. It's just weird because the route progression, if we're going to go back to route progression, if he's going through the, the process, um, and I, like I said I don't know Sark's offense to the point where to know exactly what right. he's supposed to be reading, <clears throat> You know, don't you go to the faster developing routes first and the deeper developing routes or the longer developing routes? So shouldn't that be the last read? I, I would normally. Shouldn't that be a later read? The, 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 the read should go, okay, I see. The, and it seems like. I think Sark's office at times it works deeper. It goes back, deeper back, yes. Which, yeah, which that's, that's cool too. But then if the team takes away the deep one, to me that means that you're leaving your quarterback more susceptible to the pass rush and the pressure because he's looking downfield first as opposed to looking at things that may open up quicker. What do you always say about Sark? 
he loves those long he does. He development. No, the long developing yeah. plays he does. as well. He does. Instead of saying, hey, man, bring them up by hitting that short route. Because what does everybody have to do? Oh, if he keeps hitting that guy in the slot, he keeps hitting that guy in the slot, we got to start cheating up, cheating up. And doesn't that open it up so you can hit that home run ball? Yeah. No, he wants to – No, and, and to Patrick's point, he will throw it into double coverage. He did it in the case yeah. game. He did Remember it on the, the first play of the game. It was three people on there. He almost dropped the, dropped the interception. Remember the right. guy he turns around, he bobbles it, and, it's, and it was like an underthrow too. Right. So I, I don't the know. The first yeah. play of the game where he did know. the yeah. play-action pass, the fake rollout, threw it off the wrong leg, was to, to J.T. Sanders, there were three guys right there. And that was like first series. First, very first play. Very first play, which means that's the play they practice. Yep. We've been uh, and that means scripted. If they're, they're practicing that play, then that's Sark telling him, this is the shot. This is where I want the ball. Because you practice the play every, every, all day, you know, every but day But as you're in coming practice, out there and you see three people, you better not throw that thing. But it goes to the point, and this guy, maybe this is to the point that goes back to Patrick's uh, argument that so is he actually being asked to to read to make progressions, or is he just being asked to throw it to a certain guy in a play? That's a fair question. We don't know because if he's We're asked not to in make that meeting. progressions, my argument would be what well, a guy that's double covered. Next progression, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's, I, that's I think that's no, the that's, point, and that's yeah. my point is I it doesn't make sense the way that it's working. But I don't have another explanation for why you're throwing in a double coverage 14 times when we know, all right, well, you have other really good options. Yeah. So I don't know what that would be other than, hey, man, I, I think I can make the throw. My coach has told me I can make coach the throw. Coach told me to make yeah. Like in basketball, yeah. it's like a guy who misses 10 three-pointers in a row. And the coach will go over and go, I know you can shoot threes. Shoot your three. Now you go, well, he's going to shoot with a guy in his face again. That's a bad shot 100% of the time. Yeah. Maybe this is Sark telling him, hey, man, take the shot. Take I want you shot. to take the shot. Yeah. Well, so I don't, I don't know if that's it. No, your, your, but, your, your hypothesis makes sense because it exact, makes, I, I, he's not going through progressions. We know that. Because right. if he was going through progressions, he would go, no, I'm not throwing to that double-covered guy. I'm going to go to the crossing route that's exactly. open or the one-on-one or the on the other side. And especially yeah, yeah. on those third downs where last <laughs> year, and it's still Sark's playbook, and I know it's a different quarterback, but third down, Jay Witt was the man. Yes. Like when he was healthy, Before Jay he Witt hurt, was the yep. man on third down where he it was, was like every time this yep. guy's getting open over the middle, he's get he knows how to find that marker and get right past it, mm-hmm. yep. which is a thing a lot of Rodgers receivers have trouble with. Yep. Yeah. And he, he did all of those Correct. things really well. So I don't know how you now just go, oh, now we're just not really targeting him unless he's kind of going downfield. Unless we're running him 15, 20 yards downfield, then maybe he gets a target. Yeah. But all those ten yard, eight yard targets he used to get are not really there. No, I'm with you on I, I can't I I don't I don't have I'm a football theorist and I don't really have a great explanation <laughs> right. for it either. Right. Because like I said, either he's not going through progressions at all or Sark has told him, This is the guy. I want him. I want JT on this play. Go. Yeah. And that, this is the one we practice all week. Or I want X Man on this play. This play is for X Men. Yeah, you know what I mean. Or instead of no, I want you to go through the progressions and whoever is the best matchup, and you know, who, based on the coverage, that's where you should go. I don't know if you're getting that. I don't know if that's the system right now. Well, and it goes back to what we talked about last week, or maybe even earlier this week. I don't think Quinn has the experience. Well, definitely he doesn't have the experience. I could, we can all attest mm. to that because he's still getting these game yeah. reps in. But I don't think he has the ability to be able to check out of a play yet. Because if you notice, every time they go to the line, he ends up looking to the sideline, and he's not the one changing the play 
at the line of scrimmage. So if he's if he's not at that level yet, and we're still letting well, that's because of experience, though. Right, that's because what I'm he's, saying. He's but the, there are yeah. sometimes you, as an athlete, and you know this, if you notice something on the field, you automatically make an adjustment to yourself. That's those, those are the types yeah. of things that I always try to equate it to. It's like I was just saying about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, I know you got a golden arm, but if you can run five yards and get in the end zone, why are you not running five yards to get to the end zone? You're yeah. still trying to throw the ball when it's wide open for you to run it in. Yeah. There are certain things that your natural instincts have to take over, and that's where I'm like, okay, man, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. We know you're the guy. Yeah. You are the guy. Yeah. But is the progression taking a little bit longer as far as the the knowledge of the game speed? Yeah. That's I think, where I look at it. No, sometimes. I think I think it is. I think it's just taking time. He's just yeah. hadn't had a lot of reps, hadn't had the mental reps. He's basically a freshman. Yep. Essentially, and he's a, a freshman fresh- who missed several games. There you go. Yep. And, fre- and a freshman who didn't play a lot of football prior to that. Yep. No, so and, just yeah, the and got injured. And, and got, got injured, injured this year. So missed yeah. a bunch yeah. of games this year. So I, yeah. I think I think that's what it is. I think that's why he hasn't been given the liberty to check, to check an Audubon line yeah. of scrimmage. Yeah. Just doesn't have that freedom yet because he doesn't have that comfort within the system. I I think we all believe it's gonna it's, it'll come. Yeah, for um, sure. But for yeah, sure, no that, doubt about it. Yeah, but yeah, I mean that those are definitely some things that he struggled with, and that that. That hurts their ability to connect on those deeper passes Work. downfield. Uh, good stuff there, Harsh Knock Life. Good discussion, gentlemen. All right, we'll come back. We'll get to uh, the off the record here. This off the record actually has to do with Tom Brady and Giselle. Yes, the divorce is final, but how about this? I think they're becoming neighbors. That's the latest report. Hello, can I borrow <laughs> some sugar? We shall discuss <laughs> on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful, nothing horn. DD. Mega doo-doo, I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a brain bag comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Time for another edition of Off the Record. All right, now this is a story from uh, the Daily Mail. So according to the Daily Mail, Giselle bought a mansion, bought the mansion, uh, basically uh, um, a mansion right across the waterway from Tom Brady's home. Apparently Giselle Bunchen. Bought an $11.5 million mansion directly across the waterway from Tom Brady's home weeks before the couple finalized their divorce. Bunchin closed on the five bedroom, 6,600 square foot Miami Beach mansion on October 6th. Oh, my B day, shut up. Uh, the mansion appears to be almost directly across the waterway from her now ex husband's Brady's home, which is under construction on Indian Creek Island. Bunchin first viewed the mansion August 16th, just days before uh, Tampa Bay Bucks quarterback took an 11 day break from playing in the NFL to take a vacation with wifey and the fam. But on October 28th, the couple finalized their divorce, ending a 13-year marriage, uh, and looks like they're going to be co-parenting. Hard. That's why they uh, got this 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 housing uh, situation right next to one another so they can co-parent with the kiddos. Uh, they're just going to jump on the jet skis and go across the water I to think, each other I now? do believe that's as, as easy yeah. as it is. Yeah. I mean, because the way yeah. that, if you're looking at it, it's going to take a little while to try to get over there, so it's definitely going to be I'm coming over there on my jet ski. 
So they're going to know that you're on your way, too. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to be able to hear it. Oh, they're it, on their way. It says Bunchen's new uh, reported digs are, are, are in Surfside, while Brady's mansion is on the waterfront yep. of Biscayne Bay. You could literally swim from Giselle's place to Tom's. Not that they would, but both homes will include a dock, so it would be very easy for them to co-parent their children mm-hmm. while living so close to each other. That's pretty good. You got that much bread, you should do stuff like this. I mean, Kanye yeah. did it. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Kanye I don't know if I agree it. with Kanye's motives. He's like, I'm moving right across yeah, the street. He, he did say he did it for his kids, that's though. That's right. He, he did, did say, say that. He said, I want to be around my that's kids. Right. So that's good for you. He said he yep. was stalking, though. Yep. He was hey. very stalkerish. You know what, though? I think a waterway is better than a street. <laughs> like, if you very have a waterway, fair. Very fair. then you're like, look, you can't get drunk and walk over. Right. <laughs> that's true. Good yeah. point. But that's fair. A waterway, you're just like, get the yacht ready. I got to talk to that SOB. Get the yacht and jet skis ready to go. You know, oh, it's going to be great when their neighbors are like, oh, they're arguing again, just yelling across the river. <laughs> Got their two yachts. I'll meet you halfway in the bay, That's Tom. Right. <laughs> Let's do this in the middle. Yacht fuel is expensive. Right? <laughs> and you drop off their kids via yacht yes. in the middle of the uh, bay. <laughs> hey, kids, just yeah. jump off the yacht. Tom will be here in a second. He'll those, be right there. He already, the, You know the code. Those kids. You know the code. Hey, what are you doing this weekend? What are you doing this looking little Tommy? I got to take the yacht over to my father's. <laughs> my dad wants me to wash the yacht. Man. I'll get it washed anyway. Yeah. Wow. So nice life those kiddos got there. Hey, Can we come over? I'm swimming back to mom's. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's cool, though, because the big issue was with Tom Brady, uh, whether he's going to spend enough time with his family. Uh, this obviously will resolve some of those issues, you know, in case, you know, custody and all that kind of stuff. I don't know exactly what they worked out. But, you know, custody, even if she has the kids, I don't know, two, three weeks weeks out of the yeah. month. Hell, man, they're right there, Tom. You really want to go see your kids? You just say, hey, listen, can I hey. go? Can, can you send the kids over here real quick so I can play with them for a little while? No, what he's going to do him. is just pull up his binoculars. I can see y'all. <laughs> I saw the kids today. They were right there. <laughs> or they can just play Madden. Exactly, they can see their dad that way. Exactly. I, played, I played Madden, Dad. I played Dad, uh, let's play Call of Duty. <laughs> Put on <laughs> your headset. <laughs> I, I wanted to throw the ball at my dad, but he was back there with Edelman again. <laughs> <laughs> and Gronk. 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 Taking the ball the back exactly. Oh, man. That's great. Uh, there you go. Do I they like have it. a guest room? But Does both have had guest rooms Don't for Antonio Brown? I knew you were going there. <laughs> I knew you were going there. Unnecessary. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, man. Yeah. I don't know what happened with Tom and Antonio. He's still going after Tom Brady. He's, still, he's taking shots at Tom Brady literally w- weekly. I know. And then he's doing it so much now, nobody even cares about it. But I was why? just, I was going to have to Google search to see what was happening. Why just does he now. hate Tom Brady so much now? Because so he's weird. the goal. He's the goal. He's the goal. <laughs> I think he's focusing on his rap career. Though. Oh yeah, he is. He's got a rap career. He's now. probably got some lines against Brady now. In oh, his he rap. definitely does. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm focusing on my modeling career too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Come on>. Well done. <laughs> All right, we'll come back. We'll get into uh, Texas TCU oh, on the other side. Break it down from every angle right here on Ball Don't Lie. Water for the horde.